0: BYUSN, another report regarding Big 12 expansion. Are we all in on the defending national basketball champions to the Big 12? And what would a
1: bounce-back season look like for BYU quarterback Keaton Slovis?
0: Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, June 7th. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who just... And I mean, just lost out to Ryan Gosling to play Ken in the upcoming Barbie movie. His name is Jerem Jordan.
1: Yeah, they said, other than your looks and your physique and acting, like, you were real close uh, to Ryan Gosling. Yeah,
0: At least you're not I, a significant liability in Remember the Titans.
1: Uh, true. As a linebacker. Uh, <laughs> no, what was he, in the secondary or something? Yeah, absolute liability. I, I think all the, the young women our age at the time were just... All about him, but they did not understand what he meant defensively for that group. That's why the Titans needed Petey. They needed Petey, the running back, y'all. Um, okay, the men's basketball uh, Twitter for BYU tweeted out, speaking <laughs> of Barbie, um, AI Barbies with different players and whatnot. This screams it's this, June. This is, yeah, this is June content. Oh, Foose looking good. Trevin Nell looking Zach Wilson like. <laughs> Jackson Robinson? I like this. This is fun, man. You know you know who's like the – like, so if there was one dude on the team who – Spencer Johnson with the silver <laughs> basketball. Who actually, like, could play Ken in, in – it'd uh-huh. be Trevin Nell. Oh, you think Trevin? I think he is the most Ken-like. Okay. And he is, like, legitimately the nicest person in the world, by the
0: way. Does yeah. Dallin Hall qualify?
1: Dallin could with the blonde hair. Yeah. But, like – just die, Trevins. Oh,
0: look at Spence.
1: <laughs> nice. What the heck? Yeah. What, what the heck?
2: <laughs> Mine looks like
0: a serial killer. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Get your Ken Barbie doll and what? his nemesis. Am I, am I wearing the same shirt that this Ken is <laughs> today? What in the world? The top button's done up correctly.
1: Of course. Of course. Very nice. Very nice. Oh Did gosh. not expect that. That's AI.
0: Great. AI is taking over.
1: Alan Iverson. It's like it's 2001. We're, all
0: doomed, We're yeah. all doomed, Jerome. We're
1: all doomed. I've updated my LinkedIn. I'm ready to go. Gosh. Also on the program. Cincinnati Bearcat play-by-play Dan Horde on year one in the league, the matchup with the Cougars on a Friday night in Provo. What Rams receiver Cooper Cup said about Puka Nakua, pretty awesome. And the winningest coach in NCAA tennis history, Dave Porter, has retired from an illustrious career at BYU-Hawaii and BYU. He will join the program to talk about it. Uh, what a career for Dave Porter.
0: Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. All oh, rise That's and shout. That's the only Barbie lyric you can use in this program, though. <laughs> it's time though. for What's Trending? <laughs> <laughs>
2: It doesn't matter when nobody tells you believe in yourself Power comes from within If they you out It doesn't matter you still gonna win. Win.
0: What's trending presented by Tim Daly Ford part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. Expansion expansion it continues. Yesterday Brett McMurphy reporting that big 12 basketball coaches specifically, are in favor of adding UConn to the Big 12. The defending national champion Huskies are in the mix as an all-sports addition to the Big 12 as well. Jerem, what do you make of this report from friend of the program, Brett McMurphy? I
1: think it has legs, and certainly the coaches liking UConn doesn't mean they're going to be added or added imminently. I still think that the the crux of all of this expansion possibility is the Pac-12 TV deal. There has to be disgruntled potential homies or not. And then the Big 12 can assess and go, okay, four corners, you coming in, Colorado, Arizona, you coming in. If they're not, then they could go kind of the Yukon and maybe it's San Diego State or Gonzaga route, right? Um, and is it all sports and, and is it Gonzaga men's hoops only? Like, what does that look like? Uh, I, I, do, I do wonder um, in the pursuit of the coast to coast thing, uh, if, if it's going to be too spread out at some point, or does that matter? Um, because we saw with the Whack back in the day, like man. But granted, it was the Whack. None of those teams were. You know, uh, ultra good, like the Big 12 is really good. That was really only but Oklahoma
0: in, to the West Coast, though. It wasn't like coast to coast.
1: Right. This At what point are you maybe stretched too thin? Like, and, and it doesn't make a lot of sense for BYU women's tennis to play at UConn in West Virginia financially. <laughs> like, um, obviously, all the money's in football, and there's some in men's basketball, and perhaps an increased amount, as Brett Yormark has uh, alluded to. So we'll see, man. But, like, if you told me today, hey, Big 12 is going to add UConn, and they'll probably go get another just to make it an even number, I would imagine. Um, I'm fine with it, mainly because we're new at the party and we're just happy to be at the party, um, and we're asking where the non-alcoholic beverages happen to be at said party. Um, So we'll see if UConn and Gonzaga end up being in the league.
0: There are two things that remain consistent every time I hear about a Big 12 expansion report. One, that Brett Yormark wants to get into the Northeast and two, that Brett Yormark wants to get into the West Coast and make it a true coast-to-coast conference. The defending national champions in basketball to the Big 12, when he wants to clearly, and has publicly stated, we want to double down as the number one rated basketball conference in America, this is not surprising at all. I am a little surprised that it's all sports. Though, UConn football did take a little bit of a step up last year as an independent.
1: Yeah. Obviously, women's hoops, fantastic.
0: Yeah, clearly. Yeah. I mean, well, they have. have some powerhouse programs in basketball. Taking a
1: step back a little bit in women's hoops, but still one of the top six programs.
0: It's not a surprise at all. In fact, at this point, I would be surprised if UConn to the Big 12 does not happen. In what, the next five years? Yeah. Give Two it. to five years. I'd, I'd like. give it maybe three years tops. I, I think it's going to happen fast. The big question mark remains the invite or the entrance. The invite. The invite should happen, I think, in the next two years, and then you know, if they're in within four to five years, great.
1: Yeah, I agree. Within, I think it could happen within one year of Pac-12 new TV deal.
0: See, and I I think that they're in regardless of what happens with the Pac-12. I think
1: they'll. uh, I. uh, I think I do too, but I don't think an invite will come until that happens. Mm. Otherwise, just do it
0: now. Like they uh, need a partner is what we're getting at, right? Like, Gonzaga needs is a partner to come in with them, at least to make it a 14-team conference. I am aware that yeah. Gonzaga
1: is, has been pursued by the Pac-12 and Big 12. There, there are options there should yes. they want to go there. Now, official invites, I can't speak to that, but there have definitely been conversations. There's interest, yes. Yes, I, I am uh, essentially reporting that here. Mutually. It, yes. And uh, when would that happen? Uh, Stuart Mandel said that that was going to happen potentially soon. It did not. It's going to be a double deal, you'd think. There's going to be two of these kind of teams. You could bring Gonzaga all sports if you wanted. They just don't have football. Sure. So maybe San Diego State is that first one. If you're trying to get West Coast, that's truly West Coast. Gonzaga, it's not on the coast, but it's the Western uh, Pacific time zone, right, in Spokane there. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And do you get spread too thin? Is going in on basketball a good move in the long run, should you add? Because when if you add UConn, you, con, separate you the are likes. not adding football, even if the team's in the league. Does that make sense? You are adding men's basketball with Ready. a lot of women's basketball yeah. and then whatever with football and the other sports. San Diego State, good spot. Southern California, it, like that makes sense to me. I'd love to have Gonzaga in the league too. Why not? At this point, uh, it's already hard enough. Uh, <laughs> just, just keep... Piling on, I guess. <laughs> it's like BYU football schedule. Sure. E- 11 power five. Make it a here.
0: semi-pro basketball league. Whatever. Maybe already it, is with uh, the minor leagues of professional basketball.
1: Maybe Jackie Moon's walking through that door <laughs> in the Big 12 with the fro.
0: Yeah, UConn is, I think it's a fun addition. The idea of BYU playing UConn in men's and women's basketball is a really fun idea. Like, that's cool that yeah. they could come to Provo. Yeah. And I know that it's not ideal for travel circumstances for the smaller sports, but you can schedule it so that maybe your tennis team, because there are so many teams in the conference, only have to go to UConn once every, maybe you play them once every two years, and then you alternate trips, so you're only making that trip once every four years. Yeah,
1: I'm mostly kidding on that one. There's so much money in football, and then they're going to try in men's basketball. That they yeah. figure it out later. And it, frankly, there are okay.
0: flights to New York that are cheaper than flights to L.A. right now. It's so dumb. Like, it, it makes no sense. So, like, the whole travel thing, it's inconvenient, though. It just takes longer, and it's out of the way.
1: But no one cares. Like, BYU, if BYU cared about travel, they wouldn't have left the WCC. You know what I mean? The travel is great. Now you go to random, small airports that aren't as easy to get yeah. to. Like, BYU fans are going to experience this. It's awesome being in the Big 12. One minor, minor con is it's going to be tougher to get to some of these spots. Yeah, but you get five times the money. <laughs> well, the fans don't. <laughs> I was saying the, the, pa- fans, pa- will, the fans will play, pay five times. The athletic the program. program. Yeah. Yeah, just, the, yes. the
0: money is such a boost that, it, to your point, doesn't like you
1: just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You pay
0: to travel for the smaller sports.
1: Yes. Luckily, they have airplanes. Yeah. Nowadays. Yes. Now, now the Pioneers weren't quick to move conferences.
0: Sure. You know what I'm saying? Because of wagons. Don't be surprised. I was thinking about this last night. That if that Pac-12 comes, the deal comes in and it's not like it's, it's okay, like let's say it's just a little bit below the Big 12, if Colorado and Deion Sanders want to move, like they'll find a reason to move, John. Deion. Right. They'll find a reason to move. And it could be Colorado and Yukon and the remainder of the Pac-12 is still there and they go and get San Diego State and the Pac-12 continues to exist. Yes. Like that could happen as well. I think people are and starting add to get SMU and yeah, the they're starting to lean towards. Well, if Colorado goes, and it's the first down everyone's going to go. So they could mm-hmm. add in a,
1: it. Look, if four teams leave, now you're in trouble. Yes,
0: now you're in trouble. It's going to take fine like, like probably three teams to leave for that conference to be in significant trouble. Yes,
1: and the Big Twelve contract is not significantly more than what we think the Big uh, Pac Twelve could be. To where the floodgates aren't open for this. All right, they'll just absorb the Pac-12. No, they're not going to absorb
0: it, right it. it. Yeah, don't be
1: surprised. It's, it's a lot pop- of history, a lot of pride, a lot of there's still value there. It's just not as yeah. much, right? As I mean, Arizona
0: and Colorado could both leave, and the Pac-12 could find a way to still exist. Yeah. Adding San Diego State and Gonzaga, and they'd like,
1: still be a Power Five league. They would. It'd just clearly be the fifth. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Topic two. Bruce Feldman of the Athletic said this about Keaton Slovis in an article in the Athletic. I like the fit of Slovis with offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick of BYU. I expect a big bounce back from the former USC QB in 2023. What would a bounce back season look like
0: for Keaton Slovis? Well, it's hard not to default to what he did his freshman season at USC. But Mm, those numbers are awesome. Who was he throwing to at USC? He had an NFL core of wide receivers Michael led Pittman, by Michael
1: Pittman Jr. Amon Ross St. Brown, <laughs> Tyler Vaughns is in the USFL. Like that was...
0: And who was a true freshman on that team that didn't really play? It was Drake London.
1: And brother, Drake London. <laughs> like, yeah, didn't really play. Exactly. The next I year, he inc- was thrown to Drake London.
0: That was an incredible wide receiver court.
1: SC receivers. They're always awesome. Yeah. Yes. But that
0: group was special, yeah. Keaton's a great player. This is Pittman. Really he great. had special receivers. Yeah. So, because he has progressed and he's gotten more healthy, he's had his successful surgeries, he's now a, a more experienced veteran. He's working with John Beck, who's been the quarterback whisperer. He's working with Aaron Roderick. like right? yes. this guy? Like, I, Keaton Slovis is going to be good for BYU. Can those around him help him have a truly special bounce-back season? It's going to take something special from his wide receiver core.
1: Is the O-line good enough? Is, are the running backs yes, good enough? Are the receivers good enough? This is going I think be, yes!
0: a complete offensive team effort if Keaton Slovis is to have a bounce-back season. Jeremy, he could be great, but if the offensive line underperforms or the running backs don't perform or the receivers yeah. are have a downtick, yeah. it's certainly going to affect his numbers, and he's going to take the brunt of that blame.
1: And he did it Pitt, to your point. Like last year, he was terrible, but Pitt was terrible. Terrible. Was so it on Keaton all the way? Some of it is always on the quarterback. Um, but, yeah, okay, Let, let's get specific. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Let's walk through a couple of statistics. Okay. And I'll tell you what Keaton's been in his career so far, what I think he should be, and what Zach and Jaron were, okay, just as a comp. Passer rating. Jaron was 158, Zach 162, Keaton's 144. I'd love for him to get in the 155
0: range. Okay. Okay. So not to surpass nope, Zach and Jaron because to. those numbers they were, were ridiculous. ridiculous. Those were ridiculous. They took care of the ball in yes. a
1: unique way. More on that in a sec. Yards per attempt, eight. Would, uh, would be a great number. Zach was 9.1 in his career. Crazy. COVID. Jaron, 8.4. Keaton, 7.9. He's right there. Okay. I'm, I'm content with Keaton's explosiveness, okay, for his career. Completion percentage. It's good. He's good. 66%. He's 65.9 for his career. Jaron was 65.2. Shocking, right?
0: Keaton completes that, that a lot of passes. That freshman year
1: certainly helped. Zach was uh, 67.6, Okay. And then, okay, looking at yards per attempt and completion percentage. Shout out to the homies at Cougar Stats. Since uh, 2001, through last season, when BYU's quarterback in a game, or BYU in a game, 60% completions and 8.0 yards per attempt or Or higher. 87 and 6. Amazing. That is exceptional. There are exceptions to this. Arkansas last year. You already did that. Yes. We got blown out.
0: I remember Kruger Stats it, tweeting about that. I've yes, like,
1: hey, it. the exception, just the sixth time, right? Keaton can sit in that space a lot this year. And if he does, again, 60% completion, not a crazy number in, the mo- in 2023 where you're checking it down a little more. 8.8 uh, 8 yards per attempt, which is a good number. Mm-hmm. You, get, you get into like the 9 or 10, you're chucking it and you're, per attempt. Sure. Those are two numbers that stick out. A couple others. One TD every X passes. Jaron was 13.8. Zach was 14.9. Keen's 18.6. Okay. I'd love for him to, to throw a touchdown pass like three fewer passes, right? Okay. Um, get to 15. And here's the one that sticks out: one interception every how many passes? Mm. Jaron Hall's number one in BYU history at 65.3. He rarely threw an interception. He's crazy. Zach was 55.8. Keen's 38.4. Yeah, he throws. Which is a still a good number. But for him to sort of touch what Jaron a few too many. Yes, what Jaron and Zach did. And that's what Aaron Roderick has done. Pass efficiency in the form of completion percentage, touchdowns, passer rating, but mostly few interceptions. They take care of the ball. But Keaton is going to find the middle of the park okay. in a way that perhaps Zach and Jaron did not. That's what a bounce back looks like for me.
0: Give me three touchdowns to every one interception for Keaton Slovis. Yeah. He's never done that in his career. His best stat line was 17 touchdowns and 7 interceptions during his freshman season at USC. Albeit it was a little bit of a shorter season because he came in and had to replace the starter JT Daniels. But yes. 17 I and 7. He, I thought he was better than that. I thought he was in the thirty range. Sorry, me. no, that's right. That's right. His sophomore season at USC, seventeen and seven. He had a down tick after thirty and nine. Thirty and nine great at his fre- during his that's freshman. That's three to one. Year. Okay. So since his freshman year, sorry, I misspoke. Yes, yes. Since his freshman year, I was like, give them them touchdowns. He has not done. He has not had a three to one touchdown interception ratio. That to me is had arm issues.
1: Back. Had uh, yes, there were issues. Injuries, some of which was him, some of which
0: was obviously the yeah, team. yeah. He was yeah. incredible yeah. his freshman year. Yes. Three to one. If it's 25 touchdowns and seven interceptions, awesome. I'd take it right in, now. Incredible. I want
1: him in the 30-plus range, though. So. Okay. I think for BYU to be seven-plus wins, he's got to be in the 30-plus
0: range. That or the running game has to go crazy, right, behind the offensive line. I want both. <laughs> this is BYU. We want, we want both. <laughs> we, we want it, we getting it, won it all. We're getting greedy. All right, our question of the day. You've heard the statistics that Jerem just brought up. I want a three-to-one touchdown to interception ratio. There's a lot of stuff on the table. What do you think a bounce-back season would look like for BYU quarterback Keaton Slovis? At D34 wall on Twitter answers, 30 touchdowns and fewer than 10 interceptions on the season. There you go. That's what Hall and Wilson did, and they were drafted into the NFL. 30 touchdowns, 9 interceptions his freshman season.
1: Yeah. Let's go. He, he can do it. And in this uh, offense, we're confident that Aaron Roddick will keep that going, that line of QBs. Put Let's take the picture again of the QB factory. Let's do it. Put, uh,
0: since then, it's been, uh, you know, Sark, Doman, Beck, Hall. Let's get it going. How, you can even do it like, like in the last 10 years. You get a, yes. Taysom Hill, yes. Zach Wilson, Jared Hall. Keep Hull. it going. Keep it going, man. Come on now. Let's go. Okay, coming
1: up July 1st, it's the big party as we celebrate – BYU's first day in the Big 12. BYU Sports Station, Game Day crew, and ourselves will have interviews with coaches and players live from the celebration. Saturday, July 1st, 5 to 7 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the BYU TV app. You can come and hang out as well, of course. It's on the uh, artificial turf fields
0: by the Student Athlete Building in the Richards Building. Love it. Open invitation. Up next. We preview the Cincinnati Bearcats, who just so happen to be BYU's home Big 12 opener on a Friday night in Provo in late September. The voice of the Bearcats, Dan Horde is on the program. This is BYU Sports Nation.
3: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968.
2: We have t- attempted to add the very best. The addition to BYU sets us on a path to even greater success.
0: This isn't going to be a failure. This is going to be a launching pad.
2: I'm delighted to welcome Brigham Young
1: University into the Big 12. You know I'm steady blazing. Pull we'll up at the spot and you know I'm steady blazing.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. We're super excited to welcome in for the first time to the program the voice of the Cincinnati Bearcats. He is their play-by-play specialist. And the voice of the Cincinnati Bengals, Jerem, my number one team since 1996. He is Dan Horde. Dan, welcome to the program. From one Bengals
2: fan to another, it's great to have you with us. Spencer, Jerem, it's great to be on your show. I hope this is a regular occurrence since we will be in the same league on July 1st. I am over the moon (laughs) about joining the Big 12.
1: We feel this kinship, especially with the four, right? Um, Yeah. Which which is awesome. What's it been like in the lead up for Cincinnati and Cincinnati fans uh, to what uh, we've all been hoping for for a long time, which is to be included in a Power 5 conference?
2: We finally have a seat at the table, right? It's been long overdue for Cincinnati. We've been performing well enough to be a Power Five school, and now we finally get our opportunity to be one. I would say Bearcat fans have been giddy about this since the announcement that it was going to happen. I was in an event for alums in Chicago last night with some of our coaches. It was packed, people were thrilled. There's so many great things going on right now at the University of Cincinnati. Not only the fact that they're joining the Big 12 in 24 days, I guess it is, but uh, they were just reunited with Nike. I've got the the Nike swoosh on my shirt here. Uh, Cincinnati is going to be a Jordan brand school in basketball. They are reunited with a Jordan brand. They'll be one of only 12 schools in the country that's Jordan brand. Uh, they helped popularize that back in the Kenyon Martin era, so I am calling this the greatest reunion since Andy and Red at the end of <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> which is great. Zia Watanayo! Yes, Zia exactly. Uh, but two weeks ago, they put shovels in the ground for a new uh, indoor athletic facility. It looks more like the Sydney opera house uh, than an <laughs> indoor football practice facility so they are behaving like a power five school and uh, as of july 1st it's going to be great to be one
1: listen BYU lost you said jordan brand kenyon martin clad cincinnati bearcats in the 2001 ncaa tournament so you know what uh tough memory there but that's okay we'll get over it <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Dan, let's start with the current state of the program on the football side at Cincinnati. This is a team that's just a few years removed from making the college football playoff. It was an unbelievable run. Uh, It's hard to, I guess, uh, do that again, certainly for any team in America. So you could call it a step back, but the program seems to be in a really great place. How would you define the state of Cincinnati football right now?
2: Well, we're going through a coaching change. Obviously, Luke Fickle left at the end of last year for Wisconsin. Scott Satterfield takes over. He was the head coach at Louisville the last four years, and he was at Appalachian State for six years before that. Seventy-six and forty-eight, as you see on the screen, a four-and-one bowl record. He's a proven coach with a great offensive track record. It is challenging to step up in in competition as a Big Twelve member while going through a coaching change i think if luke fickle had stayed for one more year the transition probably would have been a smoother because of the current transfer the nil uh, opportunity i mean every school in the country is dealing with guys transferring out and guys transferring in and when you have a, a coaching change it's multiplied so for example at the wide receiver position The Bearcats had two wide receivers drafted. Mm -hmm. Trey Tucker went to the Raiders, Tyler Scott, who went to the Bears, and seven wide receivers transferred. So they lost nine wide receivers their starting quarterback from last year ben bryant has transferred he's going home to chicago to play for northwestern so we are likely to have a transfer coming in as our starting quarterback emory jones so it's a transition time but i I still think they are optimistic that in a very short period of time cincinnati will be one of the better schools in the big 12 that has been cincinnati's history any league that they join in a short period of time they rise to toward the top of the pack, if not to the top of the pack, because Cincinnati is a tremendous hotbed for high school football. There are great players in this state. They don't get them all because of Ohio State and some of the other colleges nearby. But you don't have to get them all. If you get your share, Cincinnati will be very competitive in the Big 12.
1: I, I'm trying to remember which year it was. Maybe it's 2015, Gunnar Keel, Tanner Mangum, the Elite 11 kind of conversation there. And then this year with Emory Jones and Keenan Slovis, it'll be – The guys that have transferred in for one year who are in their third Power 5 league. Uh, It'll be a fun quarterback matchup there. And, of course, a Friday night in Provo in the home opener. It's going to be a big deal, obviously, for both schools to be in the league in week two of conference play. But for BYU, we can't wait for that night because we just think the energy is going to be electric in that first home game. What do you expect uh, when these two teams tangle on September 29th?
2: Well, I'm looking forward to it as well. Our first conference home game is against Oklahoma, so naturally fans <laughs> here are already fired up Let's go. about that opportunity to host the Sooners in their first Big 12 games. So the atmosphere, from my experience, of going to Provo is awesome under any circumstances. It's the most scenic view that any sportscaster gets, I think, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So it's going to be a great night. I don't know that much at this point about your roster. I will, obviously, in time for that game. I, I clearly, I know about Slovis. But um, the thing I remember from being there for football back in 2015 is that we couldn't protect our quarterback. BYU had eight sacks in that game. Um, uh, so hopefully Cincinnati's offensive line performs a lot better this year than it did back in 2015.
0: Dan Horde is the voice of the Cincinnati Bearcats. He is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Cincinnati's defense has been exceptional, and they've got a great track record going in that uh, in that uh, area. Is it going to remain this year? Does that, will that
2: remain the strength of Cincinnati football? I think it'll be the strength of the team this year. No doubt, no doubt about that. I think Cincinnati will have one of the best defensive lines in the Big Twelve and maybe in the country. Wow. No football focus ranked our nose tackle, Dante Corleone. We call him the godfather. Uh, They (laughs) ranked him as the number one nose tackle in college football. The guy that starts next to him on the defensive line, Juwan Briggs, is a future NFL player. Cincinnati is loaded up front. They've got a lot of changes at linebacker in the secondary. So uh, that will be a challenge. But I'm really excited about the style of defense that Cincinnati is going to play under our new defensive coordinator, Brian Brown. He came with Scott Satterfield from Louisville. Last year, Louisville led the nation in sacks. Mm. Cincinnati faced Louisville in the Fenway Bowl last year. Cincinnati could not block the Cardinals. So it's a very aggressive scheme. Uh, I think Cincinnati is going to get after quarterbacks. And again, it all begins up front.
1: Certainly coming off of a playoff appearance two years ago, expectations for Cincinnati football are high. Yet There's coaching change, quarterback change, and so on. For BYU, we're keeping expectations pretty low. So is Vegas of sort of like get to a bowl game, maybe seven wins in the regular season. But what are the expectations for the Bearcats?
2: You know, I think it's a similar situation for Cincinnati because of the coaching change and the step up in competition. I think a realistic hope for season one is to finish with a winning record, go to a bowl game and hopefully win that bowl game. So uh, maybe the coaches would like me to set the bar a little bit higher than that or lower. I'm not sure. But I think the fan base is somewhat realistic, despite the recent uh, run of winning 10 or more games and going to super high-profile bowl games. I think our fan base understands the Big 12 is going to be a challenge. The coaching change adds to that challenge. But I I think our fans look at the schedule and think, you know what? There are six or seven wins there. Let's see if they can do that, have a winning record, and uh, go somewhere fun in the postseason.
0: Dan, we're enjoying the Cincinnati-BYU connection that's happening at the NFL level in Atlanta between Desmond Ritter and former BYU running back Tyler Algier. Tyler speaks very highly of Desmond, and that's a fun connection there. How do you keep track of all of that stuff bouncing between college and NFL in your very, very busy professional career?
2: You know, I, I think if I were a plumber or a dentist, I would follow sports just as closely. It's just, I'm lucky that my uh, vocation is the same as my avocation, I guess. Uh, but I'm excited about that Atlanta team as well. I'll go out on a limb right now on this show and say that the Atlanta Falcons will win the NFC South. Let's now, go. Maybe that's, not, hey. that's not, that might not be going out on a limb. The Bucks won the division at eight and nine last year. The <laughs> other three teams finished seven and 10 yeah. and believe it or not, dead. Desmond Ritter is the only returning starter, starting quarterback in the NFC South. The other teams all have new starters at quarterback. But I think Arthur Smith is an excellent coach, and they are doing everything in their power to help him succeed this year. Obviously, they drafted Bijan Robinson to go with Algiers, so they've got a tremendous running game. Um, They signed Jesse Bates away from the Bengals. We're going to miss him in Cincinnati, but I think he's one of the best safeties in the NFL. So you heard it here first. The Atlanta Falcons become the one team. One team does it every year to go from worst to first in one of the NFL divisions, and the Atlanta Falcons will be one of those teams this year.
0: I love it. Great point you bring up about the NFC South. We had lunch with Taysom Hill a couple of days ago, Jeremy and I did, and he said, we stunk. And we almost won the division.
2: <laughs> That's happened. correct. And the Panthers and the Falcons can say the same thing. And you would think that the Bucks are going to take a step back without Tom Brady. So I suspect it's probably the Saints or the Falcons will win that division.
0: Dan, great to catch up with you. We appreciate the insights into uh, Cincinnati Bearcat football. Can
2: you bring some Skyline
1: chili to Provo for us?
2: I'd be happy to, as long as I get to share it with you. Yes, absolutely. Some graters ice cream while you're at it, too. All the the, the good 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 things from
0: Cincinnati. Dan, uh, yeah, go Bengals. Let's go. I'm I'm big on Joe Burrow, so it's great to to meet you.
2: Finally, I've listened to your voice for a lot of years. Thank you very much. Great to have somebody in Utah on that Bengals bandwagon. (laughs) It is growing by the day. This is the year that Cincinnati captures its first Super Bowl title.
0: Let's go. Dan Horde with us. Thanks, Dan. Thanks
2: for having me on. appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the Bengals have come a long way from the 1996 version when I started to like them, and they were known as the Bungles.
2: Yeah. I feel like
1: <laughs> the, the, the quote, there are dozens of us. The Bungles. That's what it feels like with uh, you in Utah. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's a, pretty random. Fan. Yeah, Skyline Chili, legit. What did
0: you say was the other one? Grater's thing? ice cream. Grater's ice cream? Yes. Uh, I'll need to try it. The, yeah. yeah the, the, there's It's delicious. That's, that's all I can say. It's Is some there of the best bad ice cream, cream I've ever had. It's not, so, well... There's okay ice cream, and then there's amazing ice
1: cream. Yeah, it's it's all like sugared uh, frozen content. You know, it's it's delicious. There's no bad ice cream. You know, just it's just, just get the,
0: the, the my gosh, the black cherry chocolate chip or whatever they call it. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I like mixing. No, it, that
1: sounds good. Actually. It is so good. All right, this Friday we we'll take a look back at some of Keaton Slovis' interceptions. Uh, oh wait, uh, Zach Wilson touchdowns. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, no, no. Keaton, we're glad we're glad you're here. I'm just kidding. Uh, noon Eastern, the play by replay. Zach Wilson, Kalani Stockton, Brady Christensen and so on joined the program. Noon Eastern, the play-by-replay from
0: 2019 USA. Hey, when Keaton gets drafted, it'll be two NFL quarterbacks on the field against each other in that game,
3: right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And Jaren Hall uh, threw a pass to Zach Wilson in that game, so maybe three.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Up next, speaking of the NFL, Cooper Cup, one of the greatest receivers in the league, has some very nice things to say about his new teammate Puka Nakua in LA. I'll tell you exactly what he did say next. This is BYU Sports Nation.
3: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and
0: TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's get to today's headlines.
1: Track and field. NCAA Outdoor National Championships begin in Austin. The number 14 men's team has 11 athletes competing in eight events. They begin today. The number 19 women's team has 11 athletes competing in seven events starting
0: tomorrow. Good luck. The next couple of days. It goes Wednesday through Saturday. Go get it. BYU men's basketball will host Evansville in Provo on December 5th. That via a report from college basketball insider Rocco Miller, which means BYU men's basketball now has nine reported or released preseason games out for public consumption, including San Diego State, Morgan State. BYU will face a combo of two out of the following three teams in the Vegas showdown, Arizona State, NC State, and or Vanderbilt. Then a game with Fresno State and Salt Lake City, Evansville as we just reported, Georgia State at Utah and Denver don't have dates, but those games will happen. Yep, just four more
1: reported or released to figure out, so hopefully in the next, I don't know, couple of weeks or whatnot, we'll uh, get the non-conference schedule, and then later the Big 12 schedule will come out. Women's volleyball non-conference schedule, speaking of, will be released Friday, at 10 a.m. Eastern time. We already have the Big 12 schedule. We're waiting for the non-conference schedule. Heather Olmsted teased us that a big
0: time opponent will be the season opener. Let's stay with the volleyball theme. Trent Mosier of Men's Volleyball and Team USA's U21 squad beat Guatemala in three sets. Solid sweep. The United States will play Cuba today at four Eastern. Those are today's headlines. Now we opinionate in the whip. Whip Brown, presented by Maris, your e commerce logistics shipping partner.
1: Kingsley, Suomati, and Connor Pay are among the top 10 returning offensive linemen in the Big 12 according to PFF grades. So, who is BYU's second best offensive lineman? It's Connor Is Pay? it Connor Pay? It is Connor okay. Pay. Yeah.
0: Yes, I'm putting my stock big time into Connor Pay. I think his versatility is nice, Jeremy. He has shown that over the years. He can play center, he could play a guard position. Frankly if Connor was asked to play tackle, Jerem, I feel like he's good enough and experienced enough that he could go out and like maneuver his way into a position. They're not going Spencer, to. Spencer. They're BYU not going only to. Only
1: play 68 guys at tackle, <laughs> though, okay? Come on now. Yeah. What's well, Connor amazingly like 63? I think he's only 65. 65. Um, he's short.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, Connor's the second best. I think it's Connor Pay. Um, I think we're hoping, you know, it's it's Paul Miley or Connor Pay or Caleb Etienne. like there's some good Real good players there. A reminder that Connor Pay had the top pass blocking grade among centers in college football last year, 91.4. Incredible.
0: Incredible. That's pretty good. Yeah, you, you bring back Kingsley and Connor, that's a nice core to lead your offensive line. And Power 5 transfers in. Absolutely. I love it. With ex- tons of experience, no less. On3 Sports is reporting as of this morning that College Football Players Association is organizing uh, a boycott of the 2024 EA Sports College football video game set to be released because the payout for players is expected to be, quote, a ridiculously low amount of money. The number being reported is 500 a player. Jerem, what are your thoughts on this?
1: 500 is a real low number. So let's say there's, uh, I don't know what numbers they're using, but is it 85 per team, just scholarship guys? There's 133 teams um that would be 5.6 million in payouts if it, if they do 120 like all the walk-ons everybody that's 7.9 mil i think they're gonna make plenty of money 500 feels kind of low to me man I, I by the way we've been told that uh nfl, NFL players, players get 20 a, to 25 thousand dollars for at worst, madden five
0: figure payout for yeah. the nfl players
1: yeah it feels low i get it i get it if they boycott it
0: can we up it to a couple of thousand? I love the game. I want the game. Game's but great. I get it. yeah They're going to make so much money because it hasn't been around for a decade.
1: Oh, yeah. I might buy three copies just to have Come on. Up, up it to at least a thousand or a couple of thousand per play. Now we're talking 10 or 15 minutes.
0: Whatever. That's a little cream off the top for what the, they're gonna the make. Get
1: the royce to pay for it. Cooper Cup called Pukunukua a special player in a media breakout yesterday, saying he's going to be a very good football player in the league.
0: Is he being nice or will Puka be more than a rostered wide receiver in the NFL? I don't think Cooper Cup would say something just to be nice. He does not strike me as that type of person or personality. He's a business guy. Like Cooper Cup is the consummate professional. So I'm not buying into the, oh, he's just being a nice veteran saying something. Has he said this about everybody
1: else? No, I I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. And I'm not watching press conferences. And the Rams are in
0: need of some receivers to step up and take some of the pressure off of Cooper Cup. Have you seen the social media account for the Rams? They're all over Puka Nakua as big play Puka. They expect a lot from him. I think this is a genuine compliment and not something that just happened to be nice.
1: Yeah, and this picture uh, perfectly captures his personality, by the way. This is yesterday. Um, (laughs) Puka's in the background. Whee! (laughs) This (laughs) is what he does. Listen, I said it before. If Puka had come to BYU originally and he had been healthy the whole time, we might be talking about him as the greatest receiver in BOA history. To me, that is Austin Collie, and then Cody Hoffman. Puka is as special of a player as BYU has ever had. To me, he was more athletic uh, then Austin and Cody. Puka could have a tremendous NFL career. I'm very excited to watch him play twice a year against the Seahawks.
0: Was there ever a time that the ball was thrown in Puka Nakua's direction? Even if he's like double covered and you thought, ah. There's no way. No, you think, oh, There he's, was he's, a chance. He's probably going to catch the ball. There was a and good chance. And he usually did. Yep. Ask Baylor about it. Ask Boise State about it. Arkansas. <laughs> like, the dude just made some, in huge some big plays yep. in meaningful games. Yep. Up next, We keep the show rolling on a Wednesday with the winningest coach in NCAA tennis history. Dave Porter is in Studio B to put a bow on his career of sorts. This is BYU Sports Nation.
3: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. We've moved over to the Cougar Council Room alongside Jeremy Jordan. Is that a nickname or an
1: official title? We'll figure that out. (laughs)
0: It's a nickname for now, right, until they tell me otherwise. Until we write it down somewhere. Joining us now is the winningest coach in NCAA tennis history. He is Dave Porter, longtime connections to BYU. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you. Congratulations on an unbelievable career,
3: by the way. I appreciate it. What are your thoughts as you
0: look back on a career that, as we were just discussing over the break, extended to the early 80s and and when you initially started to coach tennis, primarily at BYU-Hawaii?
3: Well, um, I guess the emphasis was always for me who impacted my life the most. And, uh, And coaches had a huge impact in my life. And as you know, even though you're working with NFL and NBA and MLB players, Most of our student athletes are going to go on and be exceptional in other areas. So my goal was always to see what I could do to help them achieve those goals and have a great athletic experience at the same time.
1: So you're from Provo. Did you go to Provo High?
3: I went to B.Y. High School, which the university owned and operated. They closed it down at the end of my junior year. And I graduated from Provo High School.
1: What, so where was that in Provo?
3: That's where the academy is. I guess this is the a library, library now? down there. Okay, now? it
1: was there yeah. until until what year?
3: 1968.
1: Until 1968. Okay, I didn't realize that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love the history of BYU. That's great. So then you uh, you end up going on mission England. You go to BYU and you're on the basketball team.
3: I started playing basketball. Yeah, well, that, Coach Pierce asked me to come and play tennis, but. Nobody watched tennis matches. Everybody watched <laughs> basketball <laughs> games. So I, I started as a freshman when Kreshmer Chosich yeah. was a freshman. Yeah. And, um, so that was, and then I left on a mission and came back, and they just had better players than I was. So they had some great guards, and I yeah. you know, got in the game at the, for warm-ups, and it was a slaughter. And other than that, it was, it was uh, decided to go back and play tennis, too. So
0: were you there for the unveiling of the Marriott Center?
3: No, I was on my mission. Okay, mm. so you're on your mission. I was, on my but it mission. was being so built. My and... freshman year, we played in the field, Smith Field House.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. What, uh, okay, tell us everything about Chris Chosich, because we're obsessed.
3: He is one of the most amazing people I've ever met, and uh, he, not only exceptional talent, but very, very bright, and um, and compassionate. He had some challenges when he got to BYU, based on his lifestyle. But once he found the gospel and accepted it, he was all in. Beyond, beyond all in. I mean, I think he was the first person that I know of who was authorized by the First Presidency to baptize, confirm, and give the priesthood without any other priesthood assistance. Because wow. he was the only person in his country when he went back.
1: That's wild. He eventually translates the Book of Mormon into his native tongue. Yep. He's the uh, ambassador uh for, to the united states um yeah he's he's the one player in the basketball hall of fame like he's he's special man i didn't realize yeah. you played with him yeah. that's
0: pretty cool that's pretty cool Dave. Yeah. okay well so t- clearly you were juggling some things between basketball and tennis when when did the focus shift from okay i think i'm done playing basketball and i'm gonna focus on tennis when was that moment
3: i think it was when i was in hawaii and i realized Why be in Hawaii is spend every day indoors,
2: you know, (laughs) so,
3: you know, made the switch back and went back to school, finished my doctorate, which I'd started here. Um, So when I first graduated, I was hired to run the fitness program at the Missionary Training Center and wrote the exercise program that everybody in the world used for a number of years, and then when I went over to Hawaii, it was a... I decided to keep the academic portion going as well.
1: And you coached there uh, for 33 years and then a few years right after, um, you know, they cut athletics, unfortunately, but uh, what what was that like to be there that long and build that program? And obviously it was disappointing to have the program cut, but that legacy of athletic excellence at BYU-Hawaii.
3: Well, it it was an area of excellence, not just the, the tennis portion, but we had very good women's volleyball program. We had good men's basketball program. Um, but we, we and, and it was small, and it was always there about the, the kids, about the athletes and what they were becoming and what we were trying to make of them. And so, you know, I have had, I've got former players who are from China that are MDs at the UCLA Medical Center. One of, Maybe the best player I ever had, a fellow from Czech Republic, is the mayor of Prague. <laughs> I mean, How so the, 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 these kids are really talented, good People and uh, and that's really the goal. It's what they do f- from the time they finish.
1: BYU Hawaii even more international than Provo. Well, because you have a lot by of,
3: percentage. Yeah.
1: Yes, you have a lot of influence, uh, obviously in Asia and whatnot. But yeah, all over the place. And and we saw that you coached the Chinese national women's double team that won gold in 04 Olympics, 06 Wimbledon doubles championship. Those and, two
3: different teams. So yeah, two I had, different I had, teams. Yeah, I had I had yeah. four, four, four or five girls that I worked closely with, and. Two of them won the, won the gold medal in, in, uh, in Athens.
1: That was a side gig to the Bioe hawaii South?
3: Yeah, that was, I mean, <laughs> I'd go over every year. One of my first really talented players was on the Davis Cup team for China, and his mother was Dong Xiaoping's private physician. So he had a connection and got me in to work with the coaches, and, uh, and Li Ting and Sun Tian Tian were the girls that won the gold medal, and then there were two younger girls they wanted me to start working with and those two, uh, Jia and Yenza, those two won Wimbledon and the Australian Open. It's incredible. Amazing. Incredible.
0: Dave Porter is with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're touching on a few of the accolades, which include 11 championships, 1,438 total victories. And those 11 championships came in Division II or the NAIA, uh, NAIA level. As you look back on everything that you have accomplished, and now going to retirement, it's like what
3: what's next for you? I mean, you've accomplished so much. So what's next? Well, like I said, it's not about accomplishing things; it's seeing how you can affect lives. And uh, and these kids still communicate with me closely, and and that's what really brings the satisfaction. Not just you know the wins on a, on the court, but those are always nice. <laughs> Do you have a favorite tennis player? Out of curiosity. I'd say Roger Federer has for a long time been my favorite player, um, just in terms of technique and, and attitude and personality. Yeah, yeah, fantastic personality. Dave, congratulations. We on could have spent an career. hour with yes. you. I'm sorry we have to go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have so many other questions. I'll have to connect with you later. Yes, yeah.
0: we appreciate the time. Thanks Thank for you coming. Thanks, thanks so Dave. Congrats on a great career. Up next, it's time to update the best wins of BYU football bracket. Did 1983 in the Holiday Bowl against Missouri outlast the 2009 win Hall to Georgia in overtime against Utah? What a matchup. (laughs) The 8-9. Jeez. And what about today's matchup? We roll that out as well. This is BYU Sports Nation.
3: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU
1: Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the
0: pod, subscribe, rate, and review. If you've watched the show the past few days, you know that we have chosen and seeded what we believe are the top 16 wins all time in BYU football's 99 previous seasons. We need your help to, to decide the best overall win ever in history ever from the department of redundancy department department it's irregardless each day regardless we present the matchup of the day set up and set up why each win is up for debate as the potential best win and then let you decide by voting on BYU Sports Nation's Twitter account. So before we roll out today's matchup, Jerem, we need to get to the results from yesterday in the 8-9 game. 83 Missouri game in the Holiday Bowl against the win over Utah in 2009, Hall to George. Who won? And with... 52% 52% of the vote. The one. We don't know. The winner is... Oh, Missouri! The eight seed. The Holiday ball. Missouri Bowl. moved on. Just this sneaks is
1: a, past. I agree with this. This is proper. That's a huge win. Steve. Young. Yeah, okay,
0: okay, it okay. It did okay. not look good for the Missouri game early in the vote yesterday. Okay. It's time for our matchup of the day. That's a backwards pass. It's a trick play. Deep for die. He made the catch. Touchdown. Off to the races goes Canada. Kayla Louie. Touchdown. BYU on top. You couldn't draw it up any better if you're BYU.
1: 96 Kansas State. 97. Whatever. Versus 2018 Wisconsin. K okay, in the Cotton Bowl in 97. BYU ranked fifth. Kansas State's 14th. First and only New Year's Day bowl game for yeah. BYU. Cougars trailed. 15 to five, weird score in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. Take that Ch- Brian Cavanaugh. had like 29 sacks, I swear. I think he literally had six in this six. game. Huge catch by K.O. K.A. Lou. He doesn't know how to celebrate without bobbling the ball. Sarkeesian lassoing over there. And then the interception by the electric blanket. Omar
0: Morgan seals the win. Number one, feeling like number one. All right, that's the five seed game. How about the 12 seed? A win at number six, Wisconsin in mm. 2018 at camp randall this snapped a 40 plus game home non-conference win streak for the badgers it's unbelievable squally canada outrushed
1: jonathan taylor That's who's still in the nfl with the Colts.
0: 118 yards two touchdowns for squally and it took a missed field goal from 42 yards away to seal the win for BYU 24-21. First road win over a top 10 team since BYU beat Pittsburgh in 1984. Does not happen often.
1: Go vote on Twitter in a couple of minutes. We'll put this out and weigh in. you have about 23 hours to do so. I love this matchup. Awesome. A 5-12. There, there,
0: there's no 5-12 curse in this bracket, per se. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you decide. Although this 12 could win. You all, You all decide. I'm going Uh, Cotton Bowl on this Yeah, our question of the day. What would a bounce-back season look like for Keaton Slovis as he comes in as a transfer at BYU quarterback? Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX Healthcare. Elevated from Dirk Palmer on Facebook, who says, I'm looking for Slovis' best year yet in a system best suited to his talents. He hasn't had an offensive coordinator worthy of maximizing his talents since his freshman year at USC. Okay. All right. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Who should we give to, Good luck
1: to the track and field teams at Outdoor Nationals, which begin in Austin, Texas today. Good luck, everyone.
0: Our thanks to today's guest, Dan Horde, the voice of the Cincinnati Bearcats, and Dave Porter, longtime tennis coach. Sorry to Dennis Spitter, we
1: ran out of time.
0: For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shoutout to Tyler Anderson. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs.